And also, I, I had an idea when I was in the bathroom. So. Oh. <laughs> is that what you're calling it? <laughs> I have that on tape. Hi friends, I'm Blue Mitchell, photographer, publisher, and now podcaster. You're listening to The Diffusion Tapes, a podcast where I chat with photographers, curators, and writers working in the field of fine art photography. More specifically, these tapes are conversations with people I've befriended on my journey as an artist and publisher. So now I get to learn a little more about these folks that I admire and respect, and I'm inviting you into our conversation. Welcome to The Diffusion Tapes. Welcome to tape number six. Earlier this year, Heather Evans-Smith was in town to give an artist lecture at the Portland Art Museum, and I was happy to have a chance to sit down with her for an evening chat while she was here. I first met Heather a few years ago at the Click Photography Festival in North Carolina, where she lives. Uh, We recorded this conversation at Heidi Kirkpatrick's house here in Portland, and you'll hear her great laughs in some of the outtakes. I learned a lot while attending Heather's Artist Talk at the museum, and in our conversation we dove a little deeper into her motivations for creating art and the development of her personal style and use of narrative, photographing her daughter, and of course some entertaining anecdotes of her journey thus far. I also learned in our chat that Heather started her creative career as a graphic designer and later began an affair with photography during her lunch hour. She soon abandoned the design career and pursued her love of photography. But how about I let her tell you that story? So I'm here with The Heather, otherwise known as Heather Evans-Smith. We're in Portland. We're at Heidi Kirkpatrick's house. Apparently our new studio seems to be where I'm recording everything. Anyways, Heather came in for a talk at the Portland Art Museum on Wednesday, and now we're doing a little podcast episode thanks for hanging out thanks for having me Uh, i'm glad you came on the podcast i'm just gonna jump right in so let's just start at the beginning so you grew up in north carolina yes we're at um i grew up in kinston north carolina i was an only child in kind of a rural area and i found that i was kind of stuck in my own head a lot Hmm. and because small town yeah, well, it wasn't necessarily small. There wasn't a, a ton going on. I just kind of hung around with my cats and sort of stuck in my head, trying to be creative and think of ways to pass the time in a way. Sure. Yeah. Nice. It's a good segue because you showed photos of cats that you'd shot when you were a kid, and they were. Uh, but one of them was like typing. Yes, that was my first model I ever had, <laughs> Smokey. And I didn't really remember being a conceptual photographer that young. Oh, right. But then when I looked at some old family albums, I was like, wait, I've been doing this for a long time. Oh, uh, funny. And I, you know, would 
dress her up in different scenarios and take a Polaroid picture of her. Um, and so, yeah, so she was like my first model, my first uh, conceptual portrait. <laughs> so did you do that with other things? I mean, beyond photography? You know, I was always into art and different kinds of things like that. But um, photography is what I think was my real passion. And I actually went to school for visual communications. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of drawing and painting classes. And that was the first time I took darkroom photography. But I ended up going into graphic design because I felt like that was a nice, safe career choice. Yeah, it is. It it is. I, I made a good living out of it. I did it for 14 years. Probably really loved only one year out of all those 14 years. What year? Where did it fall? The first year. The first year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but, you know, I, I took like a like a 10-year break from mm. when I was in college until I decided to go into Sam's Club. And I got this cheap digital camera with a two-lens kit. Yeah. And... The only intention I had was just to take just random photos. I didn't know it would be this whole new accidental career path for me. Oh, yeah. That was a really unexpected twist for me. Nice. So then you started doing, did you start with self-portrait? I did. Um, at that time, Flickr was the big place where everyone was sharing photos. Right. And I was just constantly scrolling on there. And there were all these other female self-portrait artists that I was watching. And I thought, this is really cool what they're doing. So a lot of times I would go home on my lunch break and put on a vintage dress, take a photo and edit it and be back to work in time to finish my work up. Sometimes I'd be a few minutes late and my friend would look at me and go, you were taking a picture again, weren't you? (laughs) I was like, yes, I was. But that, that's sort of how it started, and then I got a little it's bit... It's like being a closet photographer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was posting them there and gained a little bit of a following mm. and started to get noticed more. After that, I, I, I just sort of... I had my daughter, too, so I um, went down to part-time for mm. work, and it just kind of all flowed together to transition. Nice. From design to photography. Right, so then you stopped doing design altogether and just focused on photo? Pretty much. Yeah. Though I think the um, graphic design is definitely something that is useful, and I use it for designing things for my photography, and also just for looking at how to composite a photo. Mm, right. So I don't feel like it was wasted time at all. Yeah. And if I need to bust out a business card for myself, right. I can do well, it. You're still yeah. doing it, which is good. I found it very useful to have that design experience, too, for publishing. That's the only way I was able to even get Diffusion going, because I could do everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, how do I make this happen? Because I can't depend on other people. Right. When I first started, nobody knew it, or who I was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Yeah. Well, actually, brings up another thing I was going to talk about with the design. I think the first thing that I ever noticed about your work was how you put together a pattern and texture and color with your design and a lot of floral stuff. Color is just so important to me, and a lot of the work that I do is based on time periods. 
for instance, the most recent series I'm working on is about memories of my grandmother, and she was a seamstress in the alterations department. And my mother would drop me off there while she would go shopping, and I would get kind of lost in this world of dressing rooms and discarded buttons and just kind of feeling like I was in a little playground. And I just kind of remember the colors of that time period. It was the early 80s, but there was a lot of things left over from the 60s and the 70s. So when I'm shooting for that, I'm looking at those kind of mustard colors and browns and also certain blues. And for the series I did before that, Seen Not Heard, I want this sort of romantic quality. So there's a lot of reds involved. And Mm. I do love florals. I think there's something about flowers. They're so beautiful, but yet they're so temporary. And I love, you know, flowing and mixing those into the work. Yeah. Nice. Well, maybe we should talk more about the alterations. This had to do with your grandmother working in the alterations department, correct? Yes. Did you spend a lot of time there? I did. I was very close to her, and she died when I was 12. So when I think back about her, I can't really remember what she was specifically like as a person, only how she treated me. Hmm. I think that's how it is when you're a kid. You're not really sure about people's character traits yet, but you know if they treat you you kindly and warmly. And so I just um, feel like, these images are metaphors for how we mend and alter our memories to kind of make sense of things that we don't have all the pieces to. Sure. Yeah. Nice. The last time that we chatted, uh, you reminded me of your domesticated series. I'm pretty sure that's the first work I saw yours. So when you mentioned it, I was like, I think I realized that I knew you before I actually thought I knew you. Does oh, that make yeah. Sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I remember there was like, wasn't there one shot where, was it you? With yes. those self-portraits too? So you had your head in the dryer yes. or something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a, a striking image, I always thought. So what was that, um, this is going the other direction, but was that after you did the self-portrait stuff? So this was, yes. Well, it was kind of really soon after that I started thinking about doing a little bit more of a series. And it was a really short series. I think there was only 12 of them. Oh, sure. But um, I loved Mad Men at the time Mm. and just really old movies. And there was this movie with Dorstay and James Gardner called The Thrill of It All. And he was a doctor and she was a stay-at-home mom. And she had the opportunity to be a spokes model for a soap. So she was on TV at night. And because she had a job, like the whole house fell apart. And at the very end, James Gardner's car ends up falling in a pool because, I mean, just things went all out of control <laughs> and haywire. Of course, that would happen. And um, at the end, they're embracing, and he says, so you sure you can be okay just being a doctor's wife? And mm. she goes, yes. And it's just so weird, like, now looking back at that. And so that series, Domesticated, was kind of a tongue-in-cheek look at the housewife. Mm, Right. And so there's pictures of me with my head in the dryer, and I'm washing dishes while taking a bath. Oh, right, right. (laughs) And 
those were fun to do. I did that whole series while I was pregnant. So I had to get really creative in hiding my belly. Oh, right. Because right. <laughs> I didn't want them all to be like that. But at right. the very end, there's one where my belly's out and I have like all these shoes and stuff on. It was a whole barefoot and pregnant oh, kind of thing sure. I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So that it was that was a fun series to do. It was all kind of based on my love for old movies and, and this whole idea of the the housewife. Yeah, yeah. I also saw that design sense coming in uh, with the patterns and in like the the dresses being of a period, but still feeling, you know, photographically timeless. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like it's hard to place, even though it looks you know it looks modern, but it. And I've noticed in your other work too, you sneak in. Some things look timeless, but then there's sometimes there's something in there that sets place a little right. bit. Right. But it's not very often. It doesn't seem like. No, but. The series I did with my daughter, and we used a lot of vintage clothes, and a lot of them were mine when I was a kid. Anytime she had a fake tattoo or a a Band-Aid on or anything like that, I left it in. Because I liked having just a tiny bit of realness in there with this world we were creating. Sure. let's, Let's talk more about that series. How did that one come about? So I had done an exhibition uh, called The Heart and the Heavy, and I was at the opening, and this woman comes up to me, and I, I had kind of shot right up until the exhibition, so I had everything kind of framed. It was all just right to the minute. Hmm. And this woman comes up and says, what are you going to do next? And I just wanted to clutch onto something and say, is this not enough for you? <laughs> and I kind of panicked and said, well, uh, I think I'm going to do these same ideas, but with young girls mm. and see how those ideas change. And then I thought, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I will do that. So I lined some models. Um, some of my friend's daughters started collecting old dresses. But the first um, one I used was my daughter. Oh, sure. So I took a photo that I had done before. And recreated that with her. She was about four. Hmm. And I was just shocked that she even was still for a minute. (laughs) Because right up until then, she was all over the place. And I was like, well, this just isn't going to work. And then she settled down long enough. And I remember kind of standing over. I was shooting from above. And I actually was like, I can't believe she's doing this. (laughs) And then after that, I thought, well, you know, I don't want to shoot anyone else. And I I changed the project to be about the mother-daughter relationship. Sure. So that whole, like, grasping for something to tell this woman actually did lead me to something, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You seem to have a history of, like, accidental uh, success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much, oh, I would say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is neat. And if I can just remember that that's what happens, right. then I won't get stressed out like, well, is this going to happen? You know, because right. you just never know what's around the corner. What or how. Yeah, or right. how you're, and it's usually, you usually get an opportunity from someone you're not expecting. Right. Yeah. So that's the series you would turn into a book, right? Yes. yes. So how'd that come about? Well, after I had, I thought I was finished with it, hmm. and I was approached to do a book, but 
more images needed to be made, which I'm actually really grateful for because some of the ones I did later I really love. Hmm. So I did. I I went back to the series, shot some more, and I didn't design the book that time, but I did kind of get together with an illustrator in mm. the UK to oh, help yeah. me with the cover and the inside. So it was it was really interesting kind of learning how that was all put together. And that came out in 2016. Mm. I like the cover, how it wasn't, wasn't obviously a photographic book by looking at the cover. And it also had like, it had the same aesthetic of that kind of timeless feel to it. I went back and forth, like, was I going to put one of the photos on there? Mm. But I couldn't think of one photo to represent everything. And I also was kind of struggling with, well, who's going to write the foreword? And and then I started thinking more about it and decided, well, I want it to be more of a little storybook mm. and simplistic. Just made it simple, but timeless. Right. Yeah. Well, it shows. When you open it up, so you're inside, it's like the floral pattern, right? Yes. Is that like a wallpaper? Or? It's a wallpaper um, that I had used for a lot of the f- photos. Oh, okay. And then I used it for the end pages. I set up scenes in my house, which my house doesn't look like the photos, but mm. I would take old wallpapers and tape them up to the wall and take big rugs and put them down to look like carpet. Mm -hmm. So every room, depending on where the light was coming in, might be a set one day. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Using the house as your set. Using the house as your set. Well, I have seen like some of the same objects. I assumed it was at your house. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. It it was fun. And, uh, you know, prior to that, I had been shooting outside the house uh, some of them were self-portraits, but also using models. Hmm. And so I'd have to kind of arrange time to go out and do that. So when I started shooting my daughter in the house, it was kind of a relief. Sure. That yeah. my set was right there. Yeah. My model was right Free there. Yeah. And so you could do it kind of when you... Well, I guess you want good light, but I mean... Yes. You could still dictate it. And right. Plus, if you're shooting your daughter, who knows what she'll be into. Well, that's true. And you, and you you really had to um, kind of let her know in advance. Right. Like, I'm thinking about doing this in a few days. What do you think bit. about this? And she would sometimes be cool with it. And if not, then we'd wait. But bribes help. <laughs> and so, What could you bribe her with? Oh, I think, like, to start with, we did Little Golden Books. Oh, yeah. And then we moved on to Shopkins. Shopkin. What's a Shopkin? It's like these tiny little toys that look like little objects you would maybe buy at the grocery store. Like tiny toilet paper, tiny dishwashing liquid. Mm. And now we're on to cash. (laughs) Just cash. Just straight cash. Yes. Well, then she has a choice of what she can buy. That's right. Does she she save it or she She does save some and she spends some. Mm. So she does well. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Speaking of her, how how involved is she in the collaboration on that series? I was surprised at how that turned out. Well, it turns out that you cannot control a child but so much. So there were things and in that series, seen not heard, that she would do that were way better than what I had come up with. Oh, sure, yeah. 
Um, one shot in particular, there was a pomegranate, and I had this idea to do a still life with it involving her. Well, it turns out she loves pomegranate seeds. Yeah. And she started digging her hands in it, and juice was running all down. And I turned her around and shot that. And that was, well, we didn't even shoot what I'd wanted to after <laughs> that, because I like that so much better. Sure, yeah. So I now kind of say we when I... Right. You know, we're like a photo team yeah, yeah. when it comes to comes to that. Yeah. That's fun. That's that's cool that she's really into it. When we were talking off mic, you were talking about how she, sometimes she'll ask, really, like, what is this about? Yeah. It didn't start out that way. But then she was really young, and it was shoot, get the toy or the book, and then she was off playing. Right. And then later in that series... She actually, like, stopped and looked at a print that I had sitting on the table and said, I like that. And that was the first time she'd commented on it. Mm-hmm. And now I use her for the alteration series kind of as uh, representing myself. Mm-hmm. And she will actually ask, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I will explain to her, well, we're doing this because it represents this. Right. So she's she's more inquisitive now. Does she get the connection with your grandma? I think so a little mm. bit, but probably she'll understand it more later. Right. Yeah, yeah. As she gets older. I've always wondered about that when you have kids that grow up. Well, this is like a whole nother subject, but kids that grow up in kind of artistic settings, how they feel about the work in hindsight versus when they were there yeah i'll have to report back later yeah <laughs> give it 10 years yes <laughs> we'll have a reunion episode <laughs> that'd be great we took a little break in the middle of our talk and i thought it'd be a good time to treat you to some of our conversation outtakes even though i failed heather's 80s quiz family ties wasn't kurt cameron in that no that was Growing Pains. Oh, Growing Pains. Family Ties was um, Michael J. Fox. Oh, Michael J. Fox. Yes. That's right. Oh, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I like Michael. Let's <laughs> 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 go. Hello. You were a child of the 80s, too. I know. <laughs> Together. I know. It's, al- it's almost like I dissed Michael J. Fox when I said that. It's not nice. He's a... American treasure from he Canada. Is, he is a, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> He's an American treasure. Yeah. <laughs> In your talk, you mentioned how influential music has been on your creative process. Uh, considering the storytelling nature of the work, is there an influence of cinema? Like maybe who are some of your favorite filmmakers? I remember when I was a kid seeing Edward Scissorhands for the first time, mm-hmm. which was a Tim Burton film. And that was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was really strange. <laughs> and I went with a friend of mine, and we walked out, and she decided, like, well, that wasn't really that great. <laughs> and I was like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And so that really kind of stuck with me for a while. I think that was kind of the first time I knew who a specific director was and was trying to find more films that he did. And then when I was, uh, I think, ninth grade, Twin Peaks came out. Hmm. 
And once again, I'd never seen anything Ninth, like that. What year that. did you graduate high school? 94. Okay. So I, sat, I remember sitting down every week, like, this is so me. <laughs> Of anything I've ever seen. I love this stuff. And particularly some of my early work, I would do things that have a little bit of that David Lynch kind of feel and lighting and color schemes Mm. and more fantastical kind of things, which Mm. I don't do as much of now because my themes are more family related, even though they still have a bit of a cinematic feel to it. But I think that's what I was really drawn to first. Right. Yeah. That's a good list to have. Yeah, I think it's pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> pretty good. I remember, yeah, Tim Burton. I, I was I did the same thing with him. You know, he did some really good films. Edward Scissorhands, though, has that. It was one of the first movies that was kind of like, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Um, it was like a dark comedy that was very accessible. Right. And it looked like it had been shot in the 60s. Right, yeah. Or late 50s, early 60s. I said, that really appealed to me mm-hmm. as well. And I kind of love that vintage look. Right. and That era? Yeah, that era. And use it throughout a lot of my work. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but then you had the dark side though with Edward Scissorhands so of course and obviously I see a theme there too because there's David Lynch in fact Heidi's kitchen looks like a David Lynch movie (laughs) yeah it does right now right now in this glowing light the floor is black and white checks and there's gonna be uh, somebody speaking backwards walking across it in any minute black and white checks and a glowing green light yes exactly over there Anyway, I guess we'll have to take a photo. So. Yeah. <laughs> Share that information. Yeah. Oh, so so speaking of film, tell me about a robot named Chuck. So I did a photograph. And we were talking about being inspired by different things. And music is definitely one of those. I was teaching a workshop. And I wanted to do an exercise, a creativity exercise based on music. Hmm. And we were all going to listen to a song and come up with ideas. But I wanted to do a photograph first and then show it. And so I picked the song World Leader Pretend by R.E.M. And there was this part that I really liked. It said, uh, reach out for me, hold me tight, hold that memory, let my machine talk to me. Hmm. So I had a friend of mine out in a field and a robot and they're in this embrace and i entered it in a contest called project imagination and it was put on by canon and ron howard Mm. and they had five celebrity directors that chose images to use as a basis for a short film and jamie fox picked my robot picture (laughs) and he created this short film that was about a boy who creates kind of this perfect woman. Hmm. But what was the coolest thing about this whole experience was... So like weird science? It was a little bit like that. Hmm. The, um, the coolest thing was they had up-and-coming directors enter the contest as well. And this guy, um, Jared Nelson, that had just graduated from film school, completely recreated my robot. It was, it was uh-huh. so cool, and he created this film called Chucked, 
and he gave my robot a heart. <laughs> and this robot was a book drop in a in like a library, and he falls in love with this girl that keeps mm. coming in there. And that was such a cool thing to see. That's Just, a totally different direction. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, I started like welling up <laughs> when I saw that my robot had a heart now. That's great. So that was that was oh, a cool and then you, moment. You have the heart. You showed that. He at the gave top. me the heart. Yeah. Yes, he did. That's great. Yeah, that was a really cool moment, an unexpected moment that came from shooting a photograph for a workshop. <laughs> Which that's was, great. That's that's yeah. like what you were talking about earlier. This kind of accidental. Like, yeah, wow. little accidental gifts. Yeah, so you, then you the went to the like the premiere, right, of the film? Yes. Of Jamie Foxx's film? Uh, yes, I went yeah. to the premiere that had all the films showed there. Were, were both the robot films that shown there? Yeah, all the all the ones that, that night. They weren't all um, based on my photograph, but there were right. ten total. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you also photobombed people, too? Yes, unintentionally. Unintentionally. Ended up <laughs> on the internet in the background of... of uh, some celebrity photos. <laughs> That's great. You mentioned teaching a workshop. Do you do that often? Do you, do you still teach workshops? No, I haven't in a while. Enjoyed it at the time, getting models and, and having students work to do kind of some real creative things. But then I, I felt like I wanted to really focus on my own work mm-hmm. and started doing that instead. Gotcha. I, I still will um, mentor and oh, you do? Yeah, nice. mentor, and I loved coming and talking to colleges and universities. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You're on a press tour right now. Feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were teaching the workshops, what was it mostly about? Like creative process. What was the focus of the? Yeah, workshop? it was all creativity. I wasn't anything about using your camera or, mm. or what kind of camera. It was just about in interesting ways. To, to take photos and tell a story. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you talked about in your artist talk was you you had a photo of you that had um, it's just a real, it looked like it was just natural light and a black background. You were describing how you took this photo. When I started shooting photos, I was dancing with a dance group. And that night we were having a performance, so I had my hair and makeup done. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, I look pretty good. Let me take a picture of myself. And I went to the bedroom, and I put the blinds all the way up to get all the light in, sat on the edge of the bed, had my arm out as far as I could, but could still reach the camera. And then I looked behind me, and it was kind of busy. So I went and got a piece of black foam core, put Mm. it behind my back. So I had to kind of balance between holding this black, board and holding my hand out so I could press the shutter because I didn't have a remote at that time. And then I took the picture and I kind of had this kind of old Hollywood vibe. And what I love about that picture is that I just used my two arms. Right. And so from there I thought, well, if I just do this with my two arms, what else can I do? When I look back, because it takes a few years to kind of piece your journey together i i kind of start there from that day sitting on the bed and balancing everything and taking that picture it's like wow well i mean i can do anything (laughs) (laughs) i can do that you know you're involved with click photo festival 
that's where I met you, actually, two, two clicks ago. Yes. How did you get involved with Click? When I moved to Chapel Hill, I met a lot of the photographers there and that were involved with Click. And I think I was a reviewee first. Okay. And then I volunteered. And I was also a reviewee. And then the third year, I was on the executive team. Okay. So I really jumped up a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it's been really awesome to be a part of something like that. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good festival. I really enjoy it there. Last uh, October at Click, we you were in a Murmurations exhibit. Uh, it's the first time I'd seen work that was three dimensional. Is this a new thing that you're going to be doing? Well, when I was asked to be in that show, I was given the task of doing kind of something different than just photos on the wall, sure. which is pretty much what I had been doing. So, with it being the series alterations, I took an old sewing machine. And I sewed together all the photos I had of my grandmother in chronological order. Sure. And then I made these memory boxes that had a photo on the top. And then inside, it had buttons or thimbles or spools. Did the contents relate to the picture on the top? Some of them did. Hmm. Not, not all of them. One of them actually did. And then I found vintage frames that were convex glass and, mm. and put the photos in there to create this whole little area that you could go in and open the boxes and, and touch and feel things. And it was really interesting to be pushed to do that because now when I'm looking at how this is going to look as a solo show, I'm considering combining the pictures on the wall because I still love to have that and that way you go up to each one and take your time and, mm -hmm. and look at each one but also to have things that are more tangible like the box of buttons right, or right. the machine with the photos spilling out so it was a good experience to 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 have that task and then kind of see like well what do i want to do with right. that when it's all what it seems show. like with that series, I mean, it probably would work for a lot of your work, but definitely the alteration series that everything that you're photographing is so tactile. And so having actual representation uh, in real life, too, I think just adds to the whole idea of it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think just all those memories that I had there, why not make that experience happen for the viewers as well right yeah right. yeah for sure that's great it's almost to me it feels like coming into a house you know it's not just a gallery space but there's actually like stuff around too. right <laughs> yes yes it's, it seems more welcoming or you know to have that uh, right objects and stuff so when you do an, ex an exhibit like with this work how big would the prints be i'm still kind of figuring that out hmm. there's some that i imagine big I think because I just really like them. <laughs> uh, but then I can see others being smaller, maybe grouped together. Sure, yeah. Just kind of a, a, a mix throughout. Well, thanks for doing this podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's awesome that you were in town and I was able to do this with you. It's been fun. Yeah, one of, one of my goals is like always face-to-face, -face, so that limits me, right, to just Portland. So this is nice to take advantage of people that I know. 
that come to town. That's another goal. Is I try to at least know people that I'm talking to, at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so much more fun. Yes. Anyways, Heather, thank you. Thank you. Sit, Uber, sit. What was that from? Um, it was like at the end of some 80s shows. You know, that was when they would show like whatever oh, yeah. the production was. It was like it was the like, production company or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like sit, Uber, sit, good dog. Good dog. Woof. Woof. And then that was it. <laughs> huge thank you to Heather for her patience with my technical difficulties and for providing witty banter that had me rolling the whole interview. There was a lot of laughing that I had to cut out, but I am glad I was able to learn more about her history and her work in person. Speaking of, you can visit Heather's website to see the work that we chatted about at heatherevanssmith.com. And of course, I've also left direct links to most everything that we mentioned in the show notes. In my next conversation, I turn the tables on podcast host Mike Sakasagawa. I thought what I was doing at the time was that I was trying to describe their existence, you know, that I was trying to describe childhood. It took me a long time to realize that that wasn't what I was doing at all. And in some ways, I don't know if I ever could or anyone could ever really do that, you know, like... How can you really fully describe someone else's existence? I don't know if you can do that. Photography always has that sort of promise of being able to deliver that, but I think we all know it can't. Uh Uh-oh, the cat's out of the bag. (laughs)